0: I want to thank God for the opportunity to be here. It's not something I take lightly. Um, in fact, as in, I don't think I, as in, I don't think I made a standard, um, but God can use anyone, amen. So God, God, I pray that God uses me today. I want to thank the leadership of the church as well for the opportunity. I also want to thank God that um, 12 months ago, um, I was in the same place um, and we're talking about, who remembers? 12 months ago in August, um, we we're still during lockdown. And I was talking about, sorry? Nobody? I was talking about for such a time as this, what did God want you to do for such a time as this? That was during lockdown. But a lot has happened since then. Amen? A lot has happened since then. But today, what um, God wants to talk to us about, and I believe God wants to talk to only a few people. So some of you, you're just here to to hear God's word. But God wants to talk to a few people in the house today. Um, and the title, if you want to give it the title is I trust God too much to give up. Amen. I trust God too much to give up. And God is talking to people that have actually given up. You've, you've, you've given up on certain things. You've given up on that dream. You've given up on that thing you want, that thing that you've been asking God for God for how long, how long, how long. So God is talking to such people today. I like you to say to yourself, I trust God too much to give up. Think about what it is that you're going through. Think about the situation that you've given up on. And tell yourself again, I trust God too much to give up. So today, there, are, I'll start with my conclusion. So there are three things that I would like us to take away today. Number one is that God is always with you. Amen? God is always with you. Especially, especially in the time of trouble, amen? God is always with you, especially, especially in the time of trouble, that's number one. The second thing I'd like you to take home today is that you're not alone, you're not alone. A lot of heroes of faith went through terrible things and we're gonna be looking at um, some, well, just, just one character today, well, two characters. You know, and when we're going through praise and worship, and blessed, and blessed was talking about Abraham. How many of you are Abraham's children? How many of you have been blessed because of Abraham? Do you know that Bible described Abraham as good as dead? I could, if I was that um, creative, I'll probably bring an old man here, someone that's as good as dead, and I'll say, "How many of you want to be called his child?" But our God is too faithful. Abraham was what? As good as dead, but nonetheless, God has blessed what? God blessed all of us through Abraham. And the final thing I would like you to do is that I would like you to grow your faith. Grow your faith. Grow your faith. Grow your faith. I would like you to grow your faith. So, three things God is always with you. Remember that, especially in the time of trouble. The next thing is that a lot of people that received great miracles, a lot of people that were called heroes of faith, they went through terrible things, but nonetheless, they came out victorious. And the final thing is, what most of them had in common was what? Faith. What most of them had in common was faith. So i like you to grow your faith, okay? So I talked about how um, 2020, you know, Every year we talk about various things, about this year, the team of this year is X, or the team of this year is Y, or the team of this year is Z. Um, but now that 2020 have passed, I can say that 2020 was a year of discouragement. It, was, it wasn't it was a great year at all. I don't know if it was a great year for some of you. Well, so for some, of, some people, it might have been a great year. You know, some people lost um, a lot of money, some people lost jobs, some people... Um, their home was not as what it used to be. Your home should be a place of peace, but husband and wife did not get on with one another. Or they find, you find that um, you've got this child that you're trusting God concerning something about, but um, it's not just working out. Or you're praying to God for a particular sibling that you want him to come to Christ. You know, 2020, a lot of things happened. But even besides 2020, there are things that are generally happening in people's lives. It could be that um, you're working in a really, really toxic environment. You're not really happy with your with your colleagues or you're not happy with the way people are treating you. It could even be in church. You feel like you've been treated unfairly. You've given up on a lot of things. But God is talking to you. What? Do not give up. I trust God so much to give up. Or you're trusting in God for a particular thing. And it could be... Um, could give something I so dare to you, but it hasn't happened. I trust God too much to what? To give up. You know, um, if we have a look at Psalms 13, and if we have it in New King James Version, please, Psalms 13. Psalms 13 in, in the New King James Version. Oh yeah, and um, I should have said as well. I was let—I was led to say this: people that are perpetual online worshippers, you're missing out a lot. Okay, honestly, you're missing out a lot. And um, I—I was also—I would also say that um, people that are not bringing their children to church, please, and um, be encouraged to bring your children to church because I think they're also having a really, really good time upstairs. So, um, please, if you've not been in church for a long time, um, endeavor to come to church. It's—it's um, it's great. It's amazing. Um, But yeah, also, please, more importantly, bring your children to church. So some of you might feel like David, David at some point felt really, really lonely in um, in Psalms chapter 13 from verse one and verse two, although we're going to read all all, all the verses, four times did David say, how long? If you look at verse one and verse two, four times David said, how long? How long, oh Lord, how long, how long, how long? Four times in just two verses, because it was what was going through a terrible time. And some of you might be there that today. You might have given up and you're saying to yourself, how long will this thing continue? How long will I continue to weep every night? Day after day, how long, oh God? And David said, how long will you forget me? Are you going to forget me forever? He said, how long will you what hide your face from me? And it, it's quite interesting because, you know, sometimes if you knew how long something was, Then you could get yourself up for it. If I'm going to go through this particular trial for six years, for seven years, for 12 years, I might be able to gear myself up for it. But if you don't know how long, it's a what? It's a lot difficult. Abraham was quite old. He didn't know how long. He didn't know when the promise was going to come. But the Bible says that his faith did not waver. So how long, oh God, how long? How long? And sometimes David felt like, actually, that God was not with him. You know, sometimes um, if you know you're in trouble, yeah, or you're in a particular crisis, and you know that God is with you, you know you're very, very what? you're very, very brave. For instance, when um, we were talking to Saul, King Saul, and he says that the God that rescued me from the paws of the lion, the God that rescued me from the paws of the beards, who rescued me from this, what? From, from Goliath, sometimes when you know that God is actually with you, you can face what? Anything. But when you actually feel that God is not with you, it's even what? A lot difficult. So in this particular um, chapter, in this particular verse, he says, why are you turning your back away from me, God? Why are you forgetting me? So you might feel that way. But don't forget the first thing I said. The first thing I would, like, I would like us to take away is that what God is what? Always with you. Especially when, in the time of troubles. If we look at a lot of scriptures that talk about when God is with you. He wasn't saying that when you're sitting down smiling, when everything is going well, rosy. that's when God is with you. He says, when you pass through what? Fire, that's when I'll be with you. When you pass through the waters, it might not be palatable, but God is saying to you that that's when I'm with you. So God is saying to someone, like I said, God is only talking to a few people today because of the situation you find yourself. He is with you. He is with you. So there are a lot of scriptures that talk about um, how God is with you. And like I said, it's really when things are not going, when things are not going on well. And I've got a couple of them here. I'll just, I'll read some of them. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous do what they run into it and they say, so when things are not going well, it wasn't when they were smiling. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. You're in a place of where, you, where you should be scared, you're in a place where you should be dismayed. But saying, I am your God, I will strengthen you, I would help you. Even to Joshua, he says that what? Be what be strong and what be courageous. So it's not when things are easy, that's when a lot of, a lot of times when the Bible says that God is with us, it's actually what, when things are not so good. So, like I'm saying today, please be rest assured, God is always with you most especially in the time of trouble isaiah chapter 41 verse 13 says for i am the lord your god who takes hold of your right hand and say to you do not fear i will help you and god is also talking to me because i've been through challenges as well and um he's saying to me that in my trouble is with me his presence is always with me so take comfort in that, that whatever you're going through, God is with you. He will never leave you, he will never forsake you. And then verse two of that scripture says, of of, of Psalms um, Psalms 13, he says, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? How long should I take counsel in my soul? So David was listening to himself. And we've been told in Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six that what? Trust in the Lord God with all your heart. And what? Do not lean on your own understanding. If you were to lean on your own understanding, then things, exactly, as in you'd be feeling exactly how you're feeling. And David was feeling like what? God as God is back, turned on him. David was feeling like um, God is not listening to him because he was taking what's counseling his soul. And that's why the Holy Spirit is telling you today, don't take counseling in your soul. Take counsel in the word of the Lord, that even in the toughest time, God is with you. Amen. Even in the toughest time, God is with you. So David said, "That how long shall I take counsel in my soul?" The counsel in his soul was not producing anything. What was the counsel in his soul producing? The next verse says that I have sorrow in my heart daily. So David was in a place of depression. He was in a place that was really, really bad because he was not taking counsel in his soul. And he says, how long will my enemies be exalted over me? Well, David did not stop there, hallelujah. He didn't stop there. And likewise, you should not stop where you are. Verse three says that, consider and hear me, O my Lord. Consider and hear me, O my Lord. For him to have said, consider and hear me, oh, my Lord. Do you know what he was doing? He didn't stop praying. So like I said, some people have given up. But God is saying to you, I trust God too so much to give up. So whatever it is that you're giving up on, whatever it is that you don't pray about anymore, please start to raise those things to God. Start to pray about them again. David said, consider me and hear me, oh, Lord. Enlighten my eyes. Enlighten my eyes. Um... And I think sometimes God is honored when we cry out to him again and again and again and again and again. You know the parable of the unjust judge. He says that I do not fear God. He just said, I do not fear God. No, neither does he care about what uh, men think. Um, I have a similarity with the judge in terms of I do not really care what men think. Yeah, um, What God thinks is most important. But him on the other hand, he, did, he didn't fear God. Neither did he think about what men um, thought, thought of him. But he says that for, so that this woman would know what, Will not wear me down. It should what find. He should give her justice. And we can see this in um, Luke chapter 18, verse one to eight. But um, if we could project um, verse seven, please, that'd be good. Luke chapter 18, verse seven. Luke chapter 18, verse seven. So um, God is saying to us, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, Will will he be putting them off? I tell you, you will see that they get justice and quickly, amen. So just like um the judge, God is saying to you that what He would see to your problems, He will see to your troubles, He will see to them what quickly, whatever you're going through. So please do not what, do not stop praying, do not give up, continue to pray to God about whatever it is you're going through. God is going to bring you justice, He's going to give you what you desire. And then David said that what, in verse 3 again, consider and hear me, oh God, enlighten my eyes. Enlighten my eyes. Because if I was to rely on my soul, all I get from my soul is what? Sorrow on a daily basis. That's what I get. My soul is not helping me. But enlighten my eyes. Dear God, we pray that you enlighten our eyes, that we will really see what it is your promises are for us. That will see that what we're going through is only temporal. Lord, enlighten my eyes. Enlighten my eyes. You know, Paul said in um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 19, he says that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened upon you about the eyes of your understanding. Lord, enlighten me, O oh God. Enlighten me. Let me see the way you see things. So David, coming from a place of despair, coming from a place of depression, is now calling to God. Whatever it is you're going through, call unto him, and God will enlighten you. He says, lest I sleep the sleep of death. So this is David again in Psalms um, Psalms 13. Lest I sleep the sleep of death. If we trust in our own understanding, it leads to what? Destruction leads to death. Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but what is the end of that way? It's death. Which is why, it's, as in, you know, sometimes as in people do a lot of master class, master class in this, master class in that, it, it seems right to you. And some of them are actually, uh, there, they are showing master class, master class makeup, master class um, sermon, master class how to do praise and worship. But one thing I do not. I don't, as in, I do not trust in my own ways. I know that I am, I am just man. So I'm not one that would say, as in, even if I was to give someone an opinion, this is just my opinion, you don't have to take it. And I could also be wrong. And actually I say that a lot at work. And I'm beginning to think actually that's not too good. Cause I said that I could be wrong. However, this is what I see. This is what it is saying. But I'm beginning to, cause people think I don't know what I'm saying when I say I could be wrong. But I'm only saying it because of, I know that the Bible says that what, not on your own, but understanding. But I've started to stop saying that at work, that I could be wrong, yeah? However, the fact is this. And it's just because I'm, I'm being cautious. But if all of them were Christians, then they would understand where I'm coming from, but they don't, okay? Um, so if we trust in ourselves, David, like David was saying, We will sleep what the sleep of death. But if God enlightens your eyes, you will see what he wants you to see. You will see. And then verse 4 says that, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble him say, Lest, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Oh hallelujah, David is coming back. Amen? He's coming back. Say to yourself, I'm coming back. From whatever you've given up, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. So in verse he says but i trusted in your mercy my heart shall rejoice in your salvation amen you know jesus is our lord and our what our savior he died the ultimate price for us that we might what come back to him but a lot of things in the scriptures especially in the old testament talks about god's salvation pointing at the ultimate salvation which is jesus christ so one of my favorite words especially in the old testament is what salvation And whenever we think of salvation, we think about it a lot in the context of Jesus coming to die for us. But God is the one that saved you. He was your salvation during university. He is your salvation during your work. He is my salvation at home. In everything I do, God is what? Your salvation. Amen? So David is saying that what? My heart shall rejoice in your what? In your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt what? Bountifully with me. Why was David saying all of these things? He was saying all of these things because it's what, his eyes was what? Enlightened. And trust me, it is a tough gig. It's difficult. Which is why it's more important for you to what? To trust God. Which is why it's more important for you to what? To believe in God. Because if you don't believe in God, you would skip the slip of what? Of death. That will not be a portion in Jesus' name. So David started from a place of despair and ended in a place of what? In a place of faith, in a place of trust, in a place of joy, in a place of encouragement. Can we have a look at Isaiah chapter 49, verse 14 to 16? Isaiah chapter 49, verse 14 to 16. And it's quite interesting. It says, Isaiah chapter 49, verse 14 to 16. It says, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 14 to 16. But Zion said, just like David was saying, the Lord has forsaken me. And my Lord has forgotten about me. But God is telling us today. God is saying that, can a woman forget a nursing child and not have compassion on the son of a womb? Can a woman do that? And um, we can ask Sister Faith if she's forgotten about Tio at all. I can tell you that she, no, Tio is always in front of her. In fact, Tio is giving her all the, as I'm sorry, Tio is having all the attention he needs. So God is saying that it's quite difficult for a woman to forget what a nursing child. And it, it didn't just say child, right? Because sometimes you can forget your child and sometimes after church, I will have to tell my wife, look, keep watching the children, please, because they're, they're too young, yeah? they're too young and I'm busy, okay, please keep watching them. Because sometimes we could forget our children doing things. And even some of you adults i have I've told you probably, please help me check on Ariel. please help me check on any outside, okay? Or sorry, just make sure they're fine. But he's saying that can a woman forget a nursing child, which means that this is a child that is what the feeding, they're giving food that, that um that is being um that is being looked after. And the Bible says it's actually quite difficult for you to forget your nursing child. Yeah. But it's it's possible for you to forget your nursing child. Um I don't know how many of you read this story in the papers about a particular young lady, about 21 years. Um, She went partying and clubbing and left a baby in the house by herself, And the baby died. As in, yeah, when your body's doing all sorts, how can that happen? Because it's actually very difficult for it to happen. But God is saying to you that even if it's possible God is saying that whatever you're going through, surely they may forget. Yet I will not forget. Amen. So for all of you that I think that God has forgotten about you, that God, when is it going to happen for me? How long are you going to continue to turn your back on me? He's saying what? I have not forgotten about you. And in fact, he's saying that, sure, I have inscribed you in the palm of my hands. Hallelujah. God has inscribed us in the palm of his hands. So let us believe in God. Let us trust in God. Let us believe in God. Let us trust in him. That is faithful. And that he hasn't forgotten about us. Although it's difficult, but he hasn't forgotten about you. Let us not live our, our lives by feelings only. Because David was talking about how he was feeling. How long would you forget me? But yet, let us live our life by what? By faith. Let us live our lives By faith. So we talked about the fact that um, God is always with you, even in the, what, in the most difficult of times. And then the second and third point was that what? You're not alone. And we briefly talked about Abraham. We briefly talked about Abraham. And then I was also saying what's grow your faith. Um, God led me to Romans chapter four verse 13 to the end, I've never read the scripture. Well, maybe I've read it, but I read it in the King James Version, yeah? So let us read it in probably in New Living Translation. And the way it spoke to me, I was like, wow. So Romans chapter four, verse 13 to the end, but this is um, this is New Living Translation. Um, and when we read it, to be honest, just I would like you to please, try as much as possible pay attention because it's quite self-explanatory what is in the Romans chapter four, verse 13 to the end. Romans chapter four, verse 13 to the end. So verse 13 says that clearly, God's promise to give the old head to Abraham and his descendants was not based on his obedience, was not based on his obedience to the law, but what? On a right relationship with God that comes by what? By faith. So it was not about Abraham obeying, Any laws? In fact, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, there was no what? There was no mosaic law at that time. It was about a right relationship in God that comes by what? That comes by faith. And we know what Hebrews chapter eleven verse six says. It says what? Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So verse fourteen says that if God, if God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary. Okay, so if it's just about you obeying the law, then your fate is what is not necessary, but that's why actually we need to grow our faith. Then fate is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it because they keep failing. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. But that's not the point I'm going to. The point I'm making is about what? About fate. Verse 16, so the promise is received by what? By faith. So all those things we're trusting in God for, how are we going to receive them? All those things we're trusting in God for, how are we going to receive them? By faith in what? By faith in God. And we'll, con- we'll see later on, Abraham trusted God. He had faith in God, despite the fact that he was, was old. Despite the fact that he was going to sacrifice Isaac. He had faith in God that that God was able to raise him back. That's how much faith Abraham had. I need to strengthen my faith, which is what I'm saying. Grow your faith, grow your faith. I need to grow my faith. That in whatever I'm going through, whatever situation I find myself, I need to grow my faith. So, verse sixteen. So the promise is received by faith; it is given as a free gift. All you have to do is what received it by faith, and we're all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life, who creates new things out of nothing. Amen? Abraham believed in a God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. And we know in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, when he talks about a lot of heroes of faith, one thing he says, he says what? He says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed by God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything we what we saw. So just like Abraham, Abraham believed that what God brings, what he brings new things out of nothing. This old world came out of nothing. So whatever it is that you're thinking, you're thinking it's too hard for God to do. God brings what things out of nothing. That's the God we serve. Verse 18, even when there was no reason to, for hope, hallelujah. Even when there was no reason for Abraham to believe in God, Abraham kept what? Hoping. So even when it feels like, well, some people have given up, as in that's what the Holy Spirit said to me, some people have given up. So Abraham could have given up because he was old. Abraham could have given up because of Sarah was what? She was barren. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept open, believing that he would become the father of many nations. This is someone that did not have any child. You know what? Whatever it is you're going through is a stepping stone for the greater thing that God is about to do in your life. You know, Abraham was called the father of, what? of many nations. Hallelujah. But this is someone that did not have what? any child, even at a very, very what, old age. What an irony. So whatever it is that you're going through, you need to grow your faith. And God is actually, God did not send me to tell anybody that he's going to do it. He just, he only sent me to tell people that what grow your faith, just like Abraham did. But I'm also encouraged that God is going to do it. Hallelujah. He's going to do it. Amen. God is going to do it. So Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith was not weakened. Abraham's faith was not weakened. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead and, Sarah's, and also was Sarah's womb. He knew it, but he kept on believing, he kept on trusting in God. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. The Bible says that what? In believing in God, it brought glory to him. So for some of us that might have given up um, yeah, because of what you're going through, because of your listening to yourself, you're not bringing any glory to God. However, believe in him, grow your faith. And in this, Abraham brought brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises, amen? God is able to do what? Whatever he promises. That's the God we serve. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit; it was recorded for our benefits too, assuring us that God will also count us righteous because we believe in Him, because we have faith in Him, the One who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins; He was raised to life to make us what? To make us right with God. And the Bible talked about Sarah. That Sarah considered what? Considered Him faithful who has what? Promised, you know. First of all, we we all remember that Sarah laughed, and then lot of us remember that. But also, I like it. I would like to remind you that Sarah would believe that God, who said it, will do it. So I'm encouraging you today: grow your faith. God, who said it, will do it. And our time ta- our, our, ta- our time is fast spent. Um. But the question is: Do you believe that God is faithful? Do you believe, like He said, He would never leave you nor forsake you, whatever you're going through? No God has said a lot of things to you today. But I'd like us to um, take a moment, take a moment to reflect that whatever, whatever I'm going through that is going to help me. Whatever it is you're going through, God is going to help you. God said he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And God said to Abraham, is there anything hard for me to do? So I'd like you to just um, take a moment to pray to God that forgive me for I have trusted in myself. Forgive me for when I've listened to myself. But Lord, it's really, really tough. It's difficult. Just like David said to God, and it's okay to cry out to him. It's okay to talk to him. But I've been walking around these walls for too long. But Lord, this has been going on for too long. But Lord, I'll trust you. It's difficult, but Father, I'll trust you. Lord, we'll trust you. Help us that we should grow our faith. Walking around this wall. you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles won
1: For you have
0: See yeah. ya! God said to Abraham at the appointed time and there was a set time for some of you this is your set time this is the time that God is about to bring a change to your situation dear father we say thank you for you always love us we say thank you for your promises thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord.